All right, all right, all right, all right. Come on, anybody feeling some joy this morning? We have three weeks to talking about this. It's week four of Choose Joy. Anybody feeling a little joy yet? You feeling a little joy in your heart? Feeling good? All right. Here's what you can do. You've got two options. One is you keep listening to these messages and you get some joy that way. Uh, alternatively, you can get like a temporary joy boost by just going out and grabbing another cup of coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, like two, two ways to get there um, this morning. One will last for a long time. The other one will give you about 10 minutes. And then... Uh, and then you'll, you'll be fighting to stay awake after that. Come on, how many hate that caffeine crash? How many wish like it would just spread out over the whole day? I wish it would just last the whole day, but it doesn't. So excited to get into the final message with you today in our Choose Joy series. We've been talking about how to have joy in our lives instead of a spirit of heaviness. And I'll share a passage of scripture with you on that in just a second. I want to give you a little preview of where we're going Next weekend, we'll be in a brand new series. It's a little different from anything I've ever done before. In fact, it feels like a risk to me, but I feel like it's what God told me to do. And we're going to spend four weeks in a series leading up to the election here in the United States of America. And I know nobody has any opinions, and this can't possibly be a divisive issue at all. But we're going to spend four weeks in a series called Vote for Jesus. And we're going to talk about how, uh, how we can make sh- and And I know some of you are thinking like it's going to be four weeks of me endorsing uh, a political candidate. It's actually not. I want to take four weeks and help you understand how every day of your life with the choices you make and the life you live, you're voting for something. And, uh, and I want you to vote for Jesus with the life you live, especially during a toxic election cycle. Uh, come on, I believe believers can rise above it. We can bring some health and some sanity back to our nation. Can I hear an amen, everybody? And uh, so we're going to talk about that, all right? It's going to be a lot of fun over the next four weeks. I'm excited about it. All right, here's uh, something I'm also excited about. We are uh, one week away, everybody, next Sunday from opening up our kids' wing again in this service, the 10 a.m. service only. There's a handful of kids that have been in there the last couple weeks, uh, children who are uh, dream team, from our Dream Team families and from our staff families uh, have been in there as our team kind of get ramps back up and gets reacclimated to how we're going to do things, and we'll only offer it in this service for right now as we continue to recover from the pandemic and we get more depth on our dream team and more of our team is back and serving, then we'll add it back into the other services as well. And so really, really pumped, really excited that to have those people in those blue shirts and to see kids in our building again. Come on, everybody. Isn't it going to be fun to see kids coming to church and we get to invest Jesus in their life and so fired up for that. And here's the deal. I preach faster if you respond. So come on, aren't you excited to see kids in the building again, everybody? It's going to be awesome. All right, you'll, you'll learn. You'll figure it out. All right, so uh, that's next weekend. There is one really important piece to this, parents, and that is if you're watching online at home today and you're planning on being here next weekend, you've got to register ahead of time, all right? So make sure you're on the email list. Fill out a digital connection card today if you're not. Let us know you have kids and you want to make sure you're on the list. You'll get a link every Saturday in your email that you can go register your kids ahead of time so that when you come to church, we're ready for them. We've got to manage the number of children in the room and distancing and keep everybody safe and follow all the guidelines and all that good stuff. But I'm just so excited to have kids in church again. My son is so happy, like one of his best friends. I saw him back there today and he's like, Finally, you know, getting to have some interaction again. So love that. So, so happy to see that. All right. So we're, we're in this series called Choose Joy, and we've been talking about how joy is more than a feeling. It's a choice. It's a choice. Uh, it's, it's really our response to the world around us. And over these four weeks, we've been talking about choices you make that help you choose joy. In week one, we talked about our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We start off 
by choosing prayer. If I'm going to choose joy, then I choose prayer. I choose to have a conversation with God, to have a relationship with God. Week two, we talked about that, that in my conversation with God, my time with God, my time in his word, he's going to reveal to me some, some things in my life he'd like me to tweak and work on. And, and so what I need to do is I need to choose purity over sin. And we talked about how I can't be guilty and happy at the same time. And it's just impossible. So we talked about that. And then last week we talked about choosing our purpose. And we blew up confetti cannons and all kinds of fun stuff. It was a lot of fun. Choosing our purpose. Life is better when we're connected to something bigger than ourselves. And today we're going to wrap it up uh, as we finish up this Choose Joy series. And it's actually right here in the theme passage that I've been sharing with you throughout the series. That what God wants to do is he wants to give us an oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And, and so this whole series has been built on this premise that right now in our society, in our world, many of us are experiencing this, this heaviness. Like it just, you look around and there's so much going wrong. There's so much going on in our world. And you start to just feel like, ugh, it just weighs on you. There's a, there's a spirit of heaviness. And, and really, this, my decision to go ahead and do this series was birthed out of watching some of you, watching some of our dream teamers, watching some of our people try to re-engage with church things and church people and, and even just watching the way some were kind of dragging themselves out of the car after being at home for six months and watching online and all of a sudden realizing I can't go to church in my PJs anymore. Like, like, like it was just like this, you, you know, we get into these new habits, these new routines, and then when we're trying to kind of come back to normal, there can be this heaviness that goes with it. And I actually believe that it's more than just routines and psychology. That, and I'm not trying to be weird or spooky with you today, but I, I do believe with all of my heart that, that, that this is a spiritual thing. That there is an enemy. There's God. He's, he's the good guy. There is an enemy. He's the bad guy. And he wants, to, he wants to suppress our joy. He wants to rob us of our joy. And one of the ways he does that is through a spirit of heaviness. He wants to get you under that spirit of heaviness where it just feels like nothing's going to be okay, nothing's going to work out, and rob you of your joy. And God gives us the recipe here for how to deal with that. He's going to give us the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What is a garment? Well, all of you are wearing one right now. In fact, we wouldn't have let you make it this far into the building if you weren't. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, a, gar- a garment is, is something you put on. So praise isn't something that just comes out of me. It's not just something that happens. I I choose to put it on. And that is our fourth choice in the Choose Joy series. We're going to choose joy, choose purity, choose purpose. And today I'm going to talk to you about how do I choose praise so that I can choose joy. And I want to spend some time right up front and help you understand what praise is. Because praise and worship are actually not the same thing. We tried to help you participate in both this morning, and especially if you're kind of new to church, you're new to the whole God thing, let me, let me just try to kind of help you with this this morning. There's a reason we do music in church. It's called praise and worship, that we, we take time before we do anything else, and we try to celebrate who God is and how good he is. That's why we start all, every single weekend, we start with a high energy, celebratory, fun, upbeat song. Then we transition throughout the music, and by the time we get to the end of the music set, we're in a slower, more introspective, what we call worship, a worship time. So we go through praise 
and worship. And there's, there's intentionality behind that. There's design behind that. Uh, because we want, we want to start by choosing, okay, God, I'm here for you. I'm going to put on this garment. I'm going to choose to praise. I'm going to talk about who you are. I'm going to declare your goodness. And worship and praise are not the same. Worship is kind of a, it's an internal expression of who I know God is. But, but praise, uh, it gets put on. It's a, it's a choice. Worship comes from within. Praise is a choice to go ahead and engage in, all right? So let me show this to you. Psalm 95, verse 1. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us, everybody say that next word. Okay, now you can't say it like that. You can't be like, let us shout. No, no, no. Come on, let us shout. Now, we're going to do it one more time because some of you shouted it, but you're angry that I made you do it, so you didn't shout joyfully. You're like, shout, pastor. No, 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 come on. Come on, you gotta, when you do it, you got to do it with a smile. Let us shout. There you go. Shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Who is that? That's, that's Jesus. That's our Heavenly Father. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise. Now you're getting it? Come on now. Let us sing songs of praise to him. And that's the fourth choice that we're making today. We're choosing praise. We're going to choose joy by choosing praise. Now look at the difference between this wording. We're talking about praise here. Shout joyfully, right? And just a few verses later, the psalmist changes his tone. It's praise is it's upbeat, it's celebratory, and it's I'm talking about God, how great he is, how awesome he is. Then a few verses later, verse 6, it says, now, now come let us worship. And worship has weight to it. We're going to bow down let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We're the people he watches over the flock under his care. And there's a, a lot of intentionality around this in our church. And what I want to encourage you with today is if you want to choose joy, you need to have an intentional, intentionality around this in your own personal life. To choose praise. A lot of us are okay with worship. A lot of us even have like our favorite playlist on our phone and we get in the car and it's just our worship. It's just... Oh, it's, it's, it's a love song to God, and you just, you just got all the feels and all of that. But can I tell you, I'm, I'm actually concerned that we don't spend enough time on praise. Um, when a new worship album comes out that, that we think maybe there's some music we can use in church, you know the thing I'm looking for first is the praise. I'm looking for the upbeat song because there's not enough of them. There's been this, there's this magnetic draw towards like, I just want to sing about me and my feelings and God, I feel so connected to you. And that's good, that's important, that's very powerful. But, but we need praise too. We need a declaration of who God is and how great he is. And the Bible tells us that our praise and our joy are forever married. They're interconnected with each other. And so I will never experience the full joy that God wants me to experience until I understand what it means to give him praise, to give him honor, to give him glory. These aren't your notes, but let me just give you a few, few thoughts on this. We praise God for what he has done. So praise is a choice where I choose to look back through the history of my life, or even, maybe you can't find anything. Maybe you can't think of anything good that God has done for you. I'll give you one, like you're breathing right now, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're here. You're, you made it. You got to church safely. Like, you just find who, what God has already done in your life, and you choose to be grateful, and you choose to give him thanks. You, you praise him for what he has done. And if you can't find anything in your own life, then you look back throughout 
Scripture. You look back throughout history. You find what God has done in the past. Let me just give you one church. Like, we should just stop and have a praise break right now. And I, I, I love this story right now. I'm looking out into the auditorium, and I'm seeing uh, my friend Jim, and uh, his son Noah is our, our drummer who who's, was right up there playing drums just a few minutes ago. And uh, just about a year ago, they got a terrible diagnosis in their family that, that he was dealing with cancer and went through a lot of nasty treatments and uh, very, a lot of discomfort and, um, <clears throat> and a, a bone marrow transplant. And I didn't ask permission to share any of this, but I hope it's okay. Please don't leave the church. But hey, can I just tell you all, they, every, every weekend almost, I would look out and see Jim in church until the pandemic hit. And, and through all of that, and his kid kept playing, and the family kept trusting God and, and believing God and choose to praise, even though in the moment you didn't feel like you had anything to praise about. And can I tell you something awesome that happened just a couple days ago, that they got news that all of that treatment is working, that that cancer is completely in remission. Come on, everybody. Come on, that's who God is. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that fantastic? Is that okay? I'm so, oh, that's okay. All right, I'm getting the nod. I hope it's an authentic nod. Like on the inside, they're like, what are you? No, I got the nod. It's okay. We praise God for what he's done. He's, he's worthy of it. He's good. But we worship God for who he is. So we praise God for what he's done. We praise him for what he's done. We praise him for what he's done. God, you've, you've done amazing things. You've accomplished great things. You're great. You're so awesome. And then we worship him. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you, thank you for who you are in my life. Thank you that you love me for your character, for your kindness towards me. It becomes more personal in worship. It's, a, it's about me and him. Let me say it to you this way. Praise is horizontal. It's horizontal. So, so praise is not me and God. It's me and, it's me and you. It's not just you and God. It's you and us. Praise is horizontal. Like, like even that, that middle song we sang today, it was the perfect example of this because it transitions us from praise to worship. Where does it start out? We start saying, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory because the battle belongs to the Lord. And so we're, and, and you know what happens is like, it's not even just about me singing that. I'm looking around and going, oh, other people believe that too. You know, like that, that song we sing sometimes, who is like the Lord, strong in battle, who is like the Lord, mighty to save. And you start, you're singing that with other people. You start looking around and you're like, oh yeah. That is who God is, isn't it? Like, I, I, I forgot for a minute. I, for, I was focused on the stuff going on in my life for a minute. I, for, I forgot. Praise is horizontal. It, it helps us remember who God is. It's a choice to go to God. And then worship is vertical. That's where it's, it's me and you, Jesus. It's just us. Now it's, it's more introspective, and it's, it's, it's you and me. Praise is horizontal. Worship is vertical. Worship is a response, but praise is a choice. And I'm going to try to help you make the choice of praise today. Praise today. And so now, if you're following along in the True Life app, if you don't have it, go look for it on your phone real quick. If you guys are watching online at home this morning, go get that installed on your phone real quick if you don't have it already, because we've got those fill-in-the-blank notes that you can follow along with if you want to. I like those. It helps me stay focused, and I look forward to being able to do them on paper again, because I'm old school. I like that. I like to be able to write my, my notes as I listen, so hopefully soon we can re-engage in those, but I'm going to start to give you the fill in the blanks this morning, and I want you to see what praise does in our lives as we become people who choose joy. Here's the first thing it does is praise will cause me to focus on God, not myself. Praise focuses on God, not me. That's why church starts with praise, because I need, I need you to have a moment on Sunday where you take all the garbage and all the junk you're dealing with and all the stuff that's overwhelming you 
and, and you're forced to turn your attention away from that and declare how good and how great and how big your God is. Like my issues get smaller as my praise gets bigger. Y'all following? You tracking with me this morning? And you don't just need it on Sundays. You need to have a habit of praise. You need to choose to put on the garment of praise throughout your life. Otherwise, your junk will become so big, the issues that you're dealing with and the stuff you're wrestling with, it'll get so big that you won't even be able to see God through it anymore. And so praise, I I choose to put on that garment of praise so that I can focus on God instead of focusing on myself. I can't find a single person in all my years of living, in all my relationships, in all my time pastoring people, I can't think of a single time that somebody told me, Pastor, I got better by focusing on myself. Like, I can't, they're not there. But I can show you a lot of people who things got better when they put their attention on Jesus. And they chose to be a person of praise. You know, the truth is, we already spend too much time on me. Too much, we're the the selfie generation, right? We, We just spend so much time on me. And praise will force me to turn my attention away from myself and put my focus on God. Psalm 50, 23, those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. So God, just thank you. I'm going to bring you this thanks. I'm going to bring you this praise because I know it honors me. Here's the next thing that happens is praise reminds me of the eternal, not the temporal. Praise reminds me of the eternal, not the temporal. Can I tell you this life you're living right now is temporary. It's not going to last forever. It's, it's going to go away. All, everything's going, that chair you're sitting on is going to go away. This building is going to go away. The clothes you freaked out trying to choose the perfect outfit for today, it's going to go away. Come on, somebody. Right? The car you drove, the house you live in, it's going to go away. All the, most of the problems that you're spending energy trying to figure out, all that stuff's temporary. But our Heavenly Father has an eternal life for us. There is, there's something after this life that lasts forever. And what praise does is it helps me remember I don't need to freak out about all this temporary stuff. I've got, a, I've got a permanent home in eternity with my Heavenly Father where it's paradise, where it's perfected, where everything is set back the way God originally wanted it to be. And so pray in praise, I can choose to focus on what's coming instead of being overwhelmed, being overwhelmed by everything that's going on right now. Y'all tracking with me this morning? It reminds me of what's eternal, not the temporal. That's why the Apostle Paul was able to say, hey, we're, we're hard-pressed. There's some, there's some hard things going on on every side, but we're not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And I don't know how the Apostle Paul does this. Because if you study his life, and I know I've said this multiple times throughout the series, but I'm going to say it again. Like, If you study his life, I don't think he ever had a good day. I mean, just everything that could go wrong would go wrong. They beat him for preaching the gospel. They throw him in jail for preaching the gospel. They threaten to kill him for preaching the gospel. It just, I mean, every time you, and then when he does get to go out and preach the gospel, he's got to deal with dysfunctional church people. Half the letters in the New Testament are him telling them, knock it off. Like, I just, like, how, do, how does he keep this kind of attitude? I don't know how he does it. And, and look what he's able to say. With all the trouble he's facing, it's light and momentary. They're light and momentary troubles. And by the way, the stuff you're going through right now, it's achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, Paul says, we've got to fix our eyes. 
Not on the stuff we see right now, not on what's going on around us, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is, everybody say it, temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It's going to last forever. Here's the last one. Praise is outward, not inward. It's, it's an outward thing, not an inward thing. It forces me to come out of myself. Some, some of us, just, we get so wrapped up in a cocoon of ourselves and our issues and our feelings and everything, and, and praise forces me to come out of that and stop thinking about me and turn my attention towards heaven. Paul said in Hebrews, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of prayer. Why, why is it called a sacrifice? Because you ain't always going to feel like doing it. <laughs> like, we had this conversation backstage this morning. I was talking to some of our worship team people. I said, hey guys, I know it's like early service. We can be tired. All those kinds of things. My, my wife, good Lord, <laughs> my alarm clock didn't wake me up this morning. My wife getting prepared to come sing and lead worship. That was the first thing that woke me up. The bathroom lights woke me up at 5.30 this morning. And I thought, oh Lord Jesus, thank you for short hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, come on, where you at, guys? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm but there's this, there was this, there's this preparation going on. It's, it's early in the morning, and yet there was this choice. And I appreciate those, these guys and ladies who stand up here week after week, and they, they choose to get free and to jump around and to bring the energy. And, can I, and sometimes I, I stand right over there. In the first service, I was right over there in that front row, and, and I just, I'm going to bring energy when I praise God. And, and can I tell you, I don't always feel like it. I don't always feel like it. That's what makes it a sacrifice, is you choose to do it anyway. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And that's where I want to help you get today, is to a place where you openly profess the name of Jesus. That you, you openly say, hey, my life belongs to Jesus. I, I live for Jesus. I serve Jesus. And the whole world might think I'm weird. People might look at me and think I'm crazy. But I believe in Jesus. I believe he went to the cross, that he paid the price for my sin, that three days later he rose from the dead, and the same power that brought him out of the grave is now alive in me, and I have the power to conquer sin. And one day this life is going to end, and I'm going to spend eternity with him. And I know all y'all might think I'm crazy when I get all excited about that, but I don't care. I've got lips that openly profess his name. Come on, that's praise, everybody. That's praise, and it's a choice. It's a choice that, that each of us can make. In your Bible, here's what I'm going to do now. We're just going to wrap up by talking about praise a little bit. In your Bible, in, in the book of Luke, is a, is a story of what we celebrate every year as Palm Sunday. It's the weekend before Easter, and it is the moment where Jesus came into Jerusalem. It's what's called the triumphant entry. And so Jesus rode in on a donkey. He's coming into Jerusalem. And, and it, be, it was this moment where people realized, he's the Messiah. He's the king. He's the one who's going to set us free. He's the son of God. And people are starting to realize this. And there's this eruption of praise, this jubilant celebration about who Jesus is. And that's what we're seeing in this story, in this passage of Scripture. And it says, right at the crest where the Mount of Olives begins, its descent, the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes, the king in God's name, all's well in heaven, glory in the high places. And can I tell you, anywhere there's praise, 
There's, yeah, come on, give me some praise, buddy. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Any, anywhere there's praise, there's going to be some stuffy religious people trying to stop it. Y'all hear me? There's always going to be somebody who's going to be like, that is just too crazy for church. It's just, no, you should just, mm-mm. We don't behave that way. God is serious. And that's the Pharisees. So these guys are celebrating how awesome God is, and the Pharisees roll up and they say, hold up, Jesus. Teacher, get your disciples under control. They're crazy. It's how some of you grew up in some of those more reserved, religious, stuffy environments, and you're like you came to True Life today, and you're like, why are these people so crazy? This is one of those happy churches. This is what people have called us. You're one of those happy churches. Which, to which I always think, well, what's the alternative? Like, is it supposed to be depressing? Like, we're going to heaven, right? Are we supposed to all just get together and feel sad all day? Like, I don't, that doesn't sound like Jesus. We're going to heaven. Let's celebrate heaven. Sounds like a good thing. Get your disciples under control. And he said, if they kept quiet, even the stones would do it for them, shouting, everybody say the last word, praise, praise, praise. That's where I want to get you today, someone who openly praises who our Heavenly Father is. And, and here's how we're going to get there as we wrap up today. I'm going to give you seven words for praise, seven words for praise. Your, your Bible, um, well, your Bible that you read is probably in English, unless you're bilingual or multilingual, in which case, yay, you're smarter than me. All right, so... Um, but it's, it, you're, you're reading an English translation of something that was not originally recorded in the English language, okay? Um, the New Testament of your Bible was primarily written in Greek. And the Old Testament of your Bible is primarily written in Hebrew. Here's a fun fact. It has nothing to do with the message this morning, but I just find it fascinating, so I thought I'd share it with you. In the Jewish tradition, in the Jewish faith, or in the, in the Messianic Jewish tradition, which is people who are of Jewish heritage, but they believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They actually believe the Hebrew language is the language of God. Because they would tell you, like, hey, when you read your Bible and you go see uh, the Ten Commandments, when God hands those Ten Commandments down to Moses and they're etched on those tablets on the mountain, that's Hebrew. So they, they actually believe that, that Hebrew is the language of God. And, and um, the New Testament of your Bible is all written in Greek. That was the predominant language of society at that time. And here's the thing. I don't know if you know this, but the, the Greek language has four words for every one word in the English language. So it's far more descriptive. For every one English word, there's four words in the Greek. And then in the Hebrew, oftentimes there's even more than that. So uh, let me give you the example of this. In your Bible, you would see this word praise. But in the Old Testament of your Bible, where you see the word praise, there are actually seven different Hebrew words for the word praise, and every single one of them actually carries a different meaning. And so I just thought, if we're going to be people who choose praise, we should understand what praise is. So I thought, can I just teach you a little bit this morning? Would that be all right? Can I give you some teach? So we're going to understand what praise is, and then I'm hoping today that you'll make a choice to go ahead and engage in all seven types of praise, every single one of those words for praise that comes to us out of the Hebrew language. And here's the first one. It's the word hallel, hallel. Uh, you sang this this morning, all right? Higher, louder, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's where we get the word hallelujah. It's the word hallel. And here's what, it, here's what it means. This is in your Bible, by the way. To rave, 
to boast, to celebrate, and to be clamorously foolish. Now, does that sound reserved to you? Come on, God wants a Hallel praise from his people. To be people who will rave, boast, celebrate, I don't care who sees it, I don't care who knows it, and be clamorously foolish about who my God is. That's, the, that's what that word hallelujah means. My, my son is seven. He's recently discovered the, the fun of saying the word hallelujah, but what's funny is he's actually using the word pretty accurately sometimes. And so just out of nowhere, all of a sudden he starts using this word for anything that he's excited about. So we're like, hey Ben, you want a snack? He's like, hallelujah. <laughs> so funny. You know, he wins a Fortnite match. He's like, hallelujah. I'm like, I don't know if that, okay, but whatever, that's fine. You know, hey, Ben, you want to go to the playground? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So it's just, every time we turn around, it's coming up. But he's actually kind of pretty close. It's, it's, it's to rave, to boast, to be excited, to be clamorously foolish. And I'm concerned that somehow we have got this flipped around backwards. Because, hey, you guys, God wins. Jesus wins. Heaven wins. When's the last time your team was winning and you were just like, You know, you, you Eagles fans, your Eagles score a touchdown. You're not just, good play. It was nice. Is it over yet? No. You're a terrible sports fan if you do that. Right? Like, don't even watch. Don't, 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 don't watch the game with us. Right? No, we want some people who bring the Hillel excitement to the football. I, I was at the UPS store over here in People's Plaza yesterday dropping off some packages and, and as I stepped out of the door onto the sidewalk, took my face mask off and it just the perfect timing. As I stepped out, I hear this, ooh, yeah, awesome. And I was like, how come they don't always do that whenever I come out the door? No, no, no. It was, it was coming from the baseball field next to me. It's the Little League baseball field. And, and so parents and families, they're over there just, yeah, go. And, and so I'm trying to figure this out. Like, how has the enemy tricked us into believing that the Hillel praise is okay everywhere else except for the one whose idea it was and who it was originally invented for? Like, don't, like we don't come to God. We don't come into God's presence and we don't have to come into God's house and just be like, oh, I just want to be... It's very serious. God is serious. He's serious. No, no, no. Who do you think invented Laughter. Who do you think invented joy? Who, who do you think gave you those emotions? And in fact, they exist so that we can use them in praise before our God. Let me show you Hillel in the scriptures. Psalm 35, 18. I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will, and this in the Hebrew is Hillel. I will Hillel you before all the people. So the psalmist is saying, hey, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'll get crazy. I'll get foolish. I'm going to lift up my God. I'm going to celebrate how good he is. I'm going to be thankful. And I, I don't care who's watching and I don't care what they think about me. In fact, the guy who wrote this, David, one of the things he's most famous for is a moment where he was dancing before the Lord, singing before the Lord, praising God. And he danced so crazy his clothes started falling off. Embarrassed his wife. And he said, I don't care. I'll get even more undignified than this. That always actually did mess with me a little bit, though, as a kid growing up in church, because we used to sing this song. <laughs> when the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I'll dance like David danced. 
I'll dance, I'll dance, I'll dance like David danced. Cool song. But then as a kid, I was like, well, like, because I feel like this could get traumatic. Like, what is it exactly you want us to do right now? I feel like we're bordering on cult. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the point is, David didn't care what anybody thought. He's just going to bring his best praise to God. Y'all tracking with me this morning? That's the Hallel praise. Here's the next one. This is a word called Yada. Not Yoda. That's the little green dude. This is Yada. And, it, and this one just means I'm going to acknowledge in public who my God is. Are you, are you noticing a theme here? Praise is a, it's a public thing. It's an outward thing. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. This is not a reserved thing. My God is good. My God is great. My God is awesome. I'm going to celebrate him. We've allowed the spirit of heaviness to rob us of our praise. I've even heard people say things like, I just can't, I just can't pastor, I can't do this whole church with a face mask thing. And by the way, I wear one except for when I'm up here because I'm a good 20 feet from the next person. All right, That's the only reason that, that I don't have one on right now. As soon as I come mine backstage, I'll have it on when I come off. I've even heard people use like the P word, like perse- it's just persecution that we go to, we gotta have these masks on. I'm, like, I'm thinking like, you have no idea. Like you haven't, have you seen, like in China right now, they're bulldozing churches. And you don't know the fastest growing church in the world right now? It's an underground secret church in the Middle East, Iraq and Iran, and by the way, it's primarily led by women, so put that in your theological pipe and smoke it for a few minutes. I'm just saying. It's exploding. But you don't know persecution. They aren't rolling up with bulldozers in front of our building. They're not hauling us off to prison. None of us are having to huddle around one page of the Bible that we keep secret and try to get as much as we can out of one page of the Bible. Come on, y'all. Can we just get our hearts right and stop focusing on the inconveniences and trying to make those bigger than they actually are and instead turn our hearts towards heaven and remember who God is and how great he is and the fact that no matter what goes on in this world, he wins and he deserves our praise. He deserves our praise. Like, just let's give it to him. Yada, it's acknowledged publicly. I will yada you, O Lord. Out in front of everybody with all of my heart. Here's the third word for praise in, in the Hebrew. It's the word barak. And you can't, if you say it in the Hebrew, you've got to do that little at the end of it. So it's barak. Come on, go ahead. You'll feel smarter and you'll clear some of the junk out. Just go ahead. Just barak. Come on. <laughs> and it means to bless by kneeling or bowing. What this means is, God, I'm going to come before you. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to lower myself before you. And I'm going to receive what you have for me. It's a form of praise, the Barak praise. Here it is in your Bible, Psalm 103.1. Barak, the Lord. I'm going to come before the Lord and receive what he has for me, O oh, my soul. All my inmost being, Barak, praise his holy name. There's the Hallel. There's, there's the, the, I'm going to express openly who God is. There's the Barak praise. I'm going to kneel before him. Here's the fourth one. It's called Zamar. Zamar. And Zamar means to make music to God with strings. That's why we play music. By the way, there's other scriptures that support all the other instruments too. So like the drums and all that, that's okay. So we're, we're, like we're supposed to sing. We're supposed to bring that to God. And I know some of you, maybe you're like you're kind of insecure when you come to church. You're like, I don't want to sing out loud. What if somebody hears me? I'm not that good of a singer. Listen, with all due respect, we know that's why we turn it up so loud. <laughs> That's why the volume's cranked up. 
so that if you're that person who's just making a joyful noise, come on, anybody know somebody who, they're trying to sing, but really it's just a joyful noise. You know what I'm saying? It's okay, because it's not for us. Hey, everybody, it's not for us. It's for him. And so you can, you can lift it up to God, and we sing, and we make music to God. By the way, at True Life, the only rule around your praise and your worship is it can't become about you. If it starts drawing attention towards you instead of drawing attention towards our Heavenly Father, then that's where we'll come along and say, hey, bring it down a notch. Calm down just a little bit. That's, that's why you're not allowed to bring your own tambourine. You've got to audition. You want to play the tambourine? You can audition for the tambourine. You bring your own tambourine, you get in a taser. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, I'm just teasing. I'm kidding. It did happen to, there's a church out in Colorado, it was a news story, this lady just would not put the tambourine down, and the security team was finally like, Psst. I was like, are you kidding? It's crazy. It actually happened. All right. It is good to Zamar, praise the Lord, and make music to your name, O Most High. And listen, this can't just be a Sunday thing. Like, you need a good praise set list on your phone. On, your, on wherever you play music from. Like take a break from some of the other things you're consuming. And, and even just in the, in the if maybe you've got a commute in the car, or maybe you don't right now because of COVID. Maybe you're working from home, but f- find a way to get a few minutes and just get you some good praise music on. Get your praise on before the day starts. Go declare the goodness of God. Get the order right in your life. It's good to z- zamar the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Here's the fifth one. And it's the word shabak. Shabak. And it means to address in a loud tone. To shout. So some of, some of y'all you come to church and you're like, why? if we get to the end of that first song and you're like, come on, let's shout before the Lord. Like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to get everybody all hyped up? We're not. We're trying to obey the scriptures. This is praise. Like God is so good, I can't hold it in. I gotta be loud about it. That's Praise. That's the, that's the Shabbat praise. Come on, can we get a little Shabbat praise in here right now? Come on. Is God good or not? Is he good or not? He is. He is. Some of you are like, I'm not, I'm just not doing that. It's all right. It's okay. Here's the, well, I'll come to that in a second. Here it is in the scriptures. Because your love is better than life. Oh, come on, isn't it? My lips will glorify you and I will Shabbat Praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. See, this is not, this is not a weird emotional thing that we do when we lift our hands in worship. This is a Bible thing. In fact, here that word is, this is a form of praise. It's toda, and it literally means to lift hands in adoration. So people think, well, man, you're one of them crazy hand-raising churches. No, we're not crazy. It's in the Bible. We didn't invent this. This is in the Bible, and it's, a, it's one of the ways I come before the Lord and say, you're so awesome, God. In fact, I'm willing to take my body and do stuff that the rest of the world wonders, what in the world are they doing? They don't, by the way. Actually, the world gets this, because what do you do when your team scores a touchdown? Yeah? Where do your hands? You're high-fiving. But, again, but see, the enemy tricks us. Then we come into God's house, who's already won, by the way, the score's like a million to zero, and we're like. <laughs> so here's my goal for you today in this area of praise and worship. I'm not trying to turn you into hand raiser, and I'm not trying to make you feel judged or condemned if you're not one. But I do want you to take your next step. 
Like, take your next step in praise. Make a decision. Can I tell you some of the, the most powerful breakthrough moments in my spiritual development are the moments in my life where I decided to go ahead and take the next step? Because the Bible says whoever offers toda, praise, whoever lifts their hands in adoration, glorifies me. God's like, he's in that. I remember for me, man, and I actually grew up in a church that was a hand-raising church. We had our own weird religious hang-ups, but we also had some freedom too. <laughs> it was kind of confusing in a way. And, and I would pull back from some of those things because I didn't want to look weird. I mean, I remember inviting friends from school to my church, and literally I would just sit there and pray the entire service, God, please don't let sister so-and-so go crazy today. Lord Jesus, please don't let her run laps around the church because my friends will leave and they'll think we're all nuts. I mean, those are literally the kind of... And, it, and for a while, it held me back because I didn't want to... I was worried about how I would appear and I don't want to look weird. So I held back from some of those things. But can I tell you some of the biggest spiritual breakthroughs in my life came in the moments where I decided to just go ahead and take my next step. Like, I still remember the Sunday as a teenager. Grew up in church. Man, I got funny church. I grew up, my mama played piano. And this, this, some of it was kind of, so because she was on stage playing piano, then that elevated the status of our family, sort of, I guess, in our church. And so, like, um, I'd be sitting out there in the pew. And I might have, like, a Hot Wheels car or something to try to keep me. But then there, there's, like, things in church when you're that age that you think are funny. Like, when sister so-and-so would run laps and be like <laughs> and then my mom she'd be up there playing and I'd be like ha 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 and she'd be like <laughs> like laser beams like <laughs> just give me and then as I got older and a little more smart alecky I started figuring out I could make her laugh on the stage and so she'd be like and I'd be like and she'd be like <laughs> turn her head away playing the piano, and then I'd get beat on the way home. You know, it was just, that was the, that was the way, that was the way church worked back then. <laughs> but I remember that, that, I remember those moments where I decided to take that next step. And so I, remember, I still remember the Sunday. And I just decided, in church today, I'm going to raise my hands. I'm doing it. I'm doing, some of y'all need to take your next step. And I came into church that day, and I knew, all right, we got three, maybe four songs. Well, we were a Pentecostal church, so five, maybe six songs. So I knew, and I could tell, like, we're getting in the, you know, the groove is happening. And so I just start, you know, I started, I, I closed my eyes, and I'm singing. Probably like, as the deer or something. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after Another, like some of these old songs weirded me out because I couldn't sing that without seeing a deer just like <laughs> what are we singing about right now I just ruined that song for some of you some of you grew up on that song and it's forever ruined now and I'm so sorry but that's how my mind works I see pictures of everything and so like we're having our moment in church right and so I just start by, and I, get the, I just got the sway going first oh this is the day I'm going to do it today I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna lift my hands in praise today. It's gonna happen. And then there's like a big moment in the music, and I was like, oh yeah, all right, I'm good. I'm good. I did it. <laughs> Some of y'all need to stick around for the third service today. You can hide in the back corner just for worship. You can have your moment where you're like, 
Okay, I'm good. I took my step. I'm going home. We'll let you, you just walk right on out the door. And that's where it starts, you know, for a lot of us. We just, we're trying to take that step. Because this is biblical. It's biblical. So it's okay. Just take your step. You can start. We call it just the hold the baby. Just hold the baby. Lord, you're good. I'm just holding the baby. Just rocking the baby. Got my hands right here. And I remember when I got comfortable with that. God, I just, you, you do one of these. And you realize, nobody's looking at you. You know what's happening during praise and worship to everybody else in the room? One of two things. Either they're praising and worshiping or they're deciding whether or not they're going to. They're not looking at you. So I just, it's the hold the baby. And then I remember I built up enough confidence to take the next step. You know what your next step is after the hold the baby? You can't go for full on touchdown. There's, there's steps in between. So you go, from, you go from hold the baby to I got a question. Lord, I got something to ask you. Come on, and then eventually you're, we're scoring, we won, touchdown, touchdown Jesus. But I remember the freedom I felt, the freedom I still feel when I decide, it's not about me. God, you're so good. You are so awesome. I am so undeserving of your goodness and your kindness towards me. And the circumstances of this world should not be the thing that determines whether or not I give you praise. I give you praise because you deserve, because you're God and you're worthy of it. It's just because of who you are. We lift our hands to him. And here's what happens is you get all six, then you'll start feeling like you've had a lot of the seventh one. It's Tehila. <laughs> Come on. Sounds like no, Tahila, you guys. Tahila, we're in church. <laughs> so, some of y'all, um, see, we did that this morning because we've got some cameras positioned so we know who we need to do some pastoral counseling with based on how exuberant. No, I'm just kidding. Tahila, and here, it even gets funnier. Look at the definition of it. It kind of ends up with the same thing, right? Like exuberant singing, you know. It's not tequila, but it is pronounced it's tequila, tequila. Here it is in the Bible. I will extol the Lord at all times. I will tequila, at his tequila, this exuberant singing is always going to be on my lips. Like I just can't stop expressing how awesome God is. It's praise. It's praise. You want to choose joy? You want to have joy in your life? Choose prayer choose purity because you can't be happy and guilty at the same time choose purpose because you can't have joy if your life is all about yourself and choose praise because your joy and the garment of praise are forever connected and you got to put it on it's a choice that you've got to make as we wrap up the series today let me sum it all up by saying this the only part of life that we can control is our reaction you can, you can control this. You can choose praise. You can choose prayer. You can choose purity. You can choose purpose. And you can choose praise. And so on the last day and the last message of this series, you probably know what the last blank is. The only thing I can control is my reaction. So choose joy. Choose it. Choose it. The rest of the world's not, but you can. You can choose it. 
I'm going to give you one more opportunity to do it. By the way, it's intentional. We always book in the service. We always play a little bit of the song we started with. We always book in the service with praise. A declaration. Because when you sing it the first time, you're trying to convince yourself it's true after the week you've had. By the time you get to the end of the message and we sing it one more time, you're singing it because you know it's true. Come on, y'all with me? We, we book in, the, we do it on purpose. We book in the service with praise to celebrate the goodness of our God and how great he is. And we, we've done something this morning that I know is a risk because of the pandemic, but I could not finish this series without trying to give you a reminder. And so as you leave the lobby, as you leave the auditorium today, when you step into the lobby, a member of our First Impressions team is going to be there. They're going to have just put on brand new gloves. They'll have not touched anything else. They're going to have a basket of these little wristbands. And they'll just reach in and hand one to you if you want it. And I understand if you don't, or I understand if you want to put it in your pocket and take it home and sanitize it and alcohol or bleach or what. Like, I get it. I get there's a lot of caution that we might want to take right now. If you're watching online at home today and you're thinking, oh, I'm missing out because I'm not there for this. No, you're not. You, you fill out a digital connection card today. You give us your address. We will put these in an envelope and we'll get it to your house. And I just, I know these aren't as in style as they used to be, but I couldn't finish this series without giving you a reminder. And there's two cultural statements on here that I want, I want you to remember every day of your life. And on one side, it just says, pray first. That it's our first response, not our last resort. We're going to go to God first in every area of our life, every part of our life. And then on the other side is just the name of this series, Choose Joy. And I just want you to have something that you can look at every day and, and just be reminded, you know what? Before I react to this, let me see what God thinks about it. Let me have a conversation with Him. And you, and you know what? Before I let all the circumstances of the world impact me and how I'm feeling about everything, let me just choose joy. Let me be a person that chooses joy. You can't control everything that's going to happen, but you can control how you respond. Pray first. Choose joy. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes here in the auditorium? And if you're watching online at home right now or listening on a podcast, don't stop the play. Don't, don't hit the X, the red X yet. Don't log out. I want to talk to those of you who you like what you're hearing today but you you're so far away from experiencing that joy because Jesus is not the Lord of your life you can't glorify him and magnify him because there's no relationship there you haven't had what we call a conversion or a salvation experience it's a moment where you confessed that Jesus is alive that you believe he's alive and that you surrender your life to him as Lord the Bible says we confess, we believe in our hearts, and we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. And when you do that, you're not joining the church, but you become a part of a spiritual family. And Jesus becomes Lord of your life. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that today if you haven't done that yet. Right there where you're at, just talk to him. Just say, Jesus, today, I'm putting my hope, my faith, and my trust in you. I confess I confess today that you're alive, that I believe in you. I believe in my heart and I, and I confess with my mouth. And so you'll need to pray it out loud. Jesus, from this day on, you're the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. And thank you that from this day on, heaven will be my home. I'll have eternity to look forward to. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I want to talk to the rest of you for a second. Actually, I just want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just lift up each and every person who's listening to this message today, who's been with us during this series or at any point during this series. God, we want to be people who choose joy. 
The world's going to be broken. Sin is still going to be rampant. People are going to hurt each other. People are going to make mistakes. But we don't have to let that determine our attitude. We can choose joy. God, help us to be more like Paul, who in the midst of every single scenario that most of us would do anything to avoid, found a way to keep his joy. We want to be like that, God. Would you help us with that? We surrender to you, God, and we, we choose. We choose prayer. We choose purity. We want to be obedient to you. We choose purpose. We're going to make our lives about something bigger than ourselves. And God, today we choose praise. We're going to openly celebrate how awesome and great you are. And thank you for the joy we're going to experience as a result. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement with it, would you say amen this morning? Amen. Would you stand to your feet all across the auditorium? You guys who are at home, go ahead and stand up too. I know it may feel a little weird, but you do it too. In just a second, I'm going to give you an opportunity to practice what we just preached. We're going to have one more little moment of praise. But before we go, I want to remind you of two things. One is our digital connection card. It's available in the app or online. If you're watching online right now, the link is getting posted to our digital connection card. We'd love it if you'd click that. Let us know what's going on in your life and how we can come alongside you. Maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus today or you need prayer or you're looking for a small group or how to get involved. Use that connection card. Let us know what's going on. We'd love to come alongside and help you take your next step in your walk with Jesus. And then the other thing I always want to remind you of on the first Sunday of the month is just to bring your first bring your first to God through tithes and offerings. We don't say a whole lot about money around here. In fact, if you're a guest, this service is our gift to you. We don't want you to feel any pressure at all to give. But for everybody else, I want to thank you, especially during this pandemic. Your generosity has been off the charts. We continue to grow and add and do new things and uh, stuff. That, honestly, I, didn't, I probably didn't have faith big enough for that when this whole thing began. And you guys have just, your generosity has consistently exceeded my expectations. And I know God is going to honor you and bless you as a result of it. So thank you for that. All right. God bless you guys. Come on, let's give Jesus the very best praise we can. Come on, let's get loud. Let's make it loud for him as we sing one last time together. Come on, let me see him.